Hi, this is Sean Sainamore, and I'm with Mary and with Passive House Accelerator. And thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast recorded in FiasCon 23 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for the support of the series. And we are here with Tim McDonald, and he is um, going to introduce himself and just say briefly who you are, what you're doing, and we are so excited to tar- talk about your deep energy retrofits that you're involved in. Oh, cool. Well, thanks for having me. My name's Tim McDonald. I'm an architect out of Philadelphia primarily and the Boston area, and we focus entirely on passive house and net zero energy projects. And we're right now in the middle of a really interesting set of projects working with RMI and their Realize program. And so I'll talk more about that as it relates to this these deep energy retrofit projects. But it's an exciting time for us, in, primarily in Massachusetts. We've got a lot of work, very interesting work going on there. So let's jump into yeah. it because I understand you've the Realize project, that you've got four deep energy retrofits that are using a panelized approach. Correct. And then you've got others that are site-built. Correct. So let's talk first about the ones that are using a panelized approach and why these buildings are suitable for that approach. Yeah, it's a great question. So the four projects that we're working on are all built about the same time, 1960s, all designed by the same firm and built by the same company. So the detailing is all the same. And they're within 20 minutes of each other in the in a North Shore of Boston. And they're owned by POA, uh, Preservation of Affordable Housing. Julie Klump, I think, has uh, talked about this project. But uh, it was initiated because they own another building right next door to one of these buildings that we're working on called Salem Heights. That's a 280 unit project that they just finished doing a deep energy retrofit, but not panelized. And what was interesting, what is interesting about that project, it's right next door to the one we're working on. We know the costs associated with uh, you know, removing a, an old window and installing another one at a time and you know, by hand installing the new skin on the building. They had to move everybody out of, the, of their apartments which cost them about a million dollars in relocation fees. So the question for the project right next door was, number one, can you guys find a panelized panelizer that can, that can work with us to wrap this building so that we don't have to move people out of the building in order to retrofit it? And not just the panels, can you do all of the new mechanical equipment from the outside as well? And so the premise of this, and can you do it less than what we just spent on the project next door? And long story short, we now have an updated budget. We're at DD level where we're 25% less in cost to build this project than the one right next to it that was just finished last year. So what that says, we hope, I'm crossing my fingers and knocking on wood, is that if this plays out the way we think it's going to play out on this first one, we will replicate it on the other three. And then we already have this pipeline of other interested developers that see the value of 
retrofitting their buildings this way. So it's going to be passive house certified. It's not going to be net zero because there's not enough room for enough solar, but we're going to be saving, I think we're at 82% energy savings currently. Woohoo! Yeah. So that's amazing. So I guess what are some of the key lessons learned from looking at that original project to then be able to apply it to the next one? And I mean, you've done a lot of passive house multifamily projects, so you have a lot of experience. And so then the second question is from your experience, how do you also take the, your experience to, to implement it on this new yeah. one? So. Well, so first of all, we were not the architects on the, the, the Salem Heights project. So yeah. we're, we're just looking at that from a distance. But what it taught us was, Number one, the mechanical system that they chose, not, not a good idea if you want to keep people in their units because what it required was a dedicated, it's a decentralized system. So every unit gets a, gets a mechanical system, but they had to build a closet. They had to build, you know, soffits and run ductwork. And so that just immediately, if what you're trying to do is keep people in their apartments and save money and make these more cost-effective, these retrofits, don't use certain mechanical systems, right? And so what we're doing is we're, we're running the mechanical systems from the roof, literally the supply ductwork, down in between the new and the old facade. We're running the line sets down for the, for the heat pumps in each unit, down the facade. And so we're real, what we're really focused on is that gap, that facade, because there are all, all kinds of fire rating issues and code-related issues that we've got to solve for this one in order to replicate it. So that's, that's one thing we learned. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like how you do your retrofit, what you want from your retrofit is very much dependent upon how you think about your mechanical systems. Uh, the other thing is, I think, what I was really surprised by was that we did a we did real research on uh, about nine different panelized companies, Great. international, national, local, and what we discovered was the larger companies they were just too expensive because they just have way too much overhead. They put all t- way too much R and D into their products to the point where they're just not affordable for us. And what we found was a young, local, hungry group of people that are in it for all the right reasons that are in Boston and make this thing possible just because of their energy and their, and their locality. And so that just always tells me, always try to work local, <laughs> like no matter what. Even this idea of like buying windows from Germany, I, I've, I, I just think it's really challenging to think about that. So try to Get all your materials and your work and the people that work with you from the local community as much as you can. And are the windows being included in the panels? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the whole point, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. The whole point of the pan, like, why, why do you put a hole? I mean, what, it's a two by six metal stud wall with a very specific fire rated rigid insulation panel on the outside and it's filled with Roxel and so forth. But you know, people look at this and we have a mock-up right now. We just had the, the senator and mayor there. We just had this really big kind of unveiling. And when you look at it, I mean, it's sticking out from the building this far. And people probably are like, is this really necessary? But what it does is it saves us a million dollars in relocation fees because we're running our ductwork within that cavity. 
it saves us the whole issue of every, what everybody talked about in the last session around the relationship between builders and, and architects. I don't have to tell, I don't have to train the, some subcontractor about how to hang a window in, in this new system. It's done in a factory and it's completely, it's done much, much more efficiently much from a time perspective and cost perspective. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's like you have adapted energy sprung because yeah. that's what they did. They had the yeah. mechanical systems running down through the panels in their case. Um, but yeah. So yeah. going with the research on the panelization, yeah. did you guys get funding to go do that or was that just all internal yeah. motivation? Well, it? it's a little both. Okay. I mean, okay. a lot of it was about a shift that our company chose to make a couple of years ago, which was about literally focusing on making a sustainable architecture firm, which we never had. We never wanted one uh, because we really just use our architecture firm to build our own projects. And what we said a couple of years ago was, if we're going to really get serious about an architecture firm, I'm not doing it. We're not doing it unless it's all passive house all the time. And it was a pretty scary thing to say a couple of years ago. But I got to say, it's happening it's ma- it's working it's making sense and and i'm i'm really excited by the opportunity that this is going to bring and it's already beginning to happen like for instance some of those some of that er- those early studies were funded by rmi mm-hmm. a little bit of seed money from yeah. rmi because they they understand the value of getting it's one thing to have an idea an energy sprung idea it's another thing to like boots on the ground, who's going to do it, who's going to pull it all together. So it was risky. It was a risky move, but I think it's paying off. Well, it's exciting. I think we've all been waiting for an energy sprung here in North America. We've had one kind of minor one in Edmonton in Canada, but seeing that you're involved here, this is going to be something we're going to follow. I'm excited too. And just really briefly, the how about the site built, the two site built retrofits? Are they part of the Realized program or are they separate? Yes, for sure. And what's interesting about that and frankly, this whole issue of, of deep energy retrofits is no one's the same. And so one of them is a 20-unit kind of townhome project, two stories. They're duplexes, lots of complicated ins and outs right up against the, the property line, you know, wires everywhere. You, it made no sense to, pa- you know, bay windows. So the geometry, the site conditions... All of it made it made no sense to panelize the system. But same construction details, wall assembly? No. No, okay. Completely different. Okay. In fact, I'll just give you an example. It's not total, it's all site built, but for instance, as a window, we're still trying to keep people in their, their homes, right? Even without the panelized nature. So how do you do that? Because if you if you if the first thing you do is you have to get into somebody's house and rip their window out and replace their windows, then they they can't be living there. So we came up with this idea of building a buck that the window sits in that we essentially bolt to the wall on the outside, and then we insulate up and around that buck, and then all the detailing. And before we do that, of course, we're running our ductwork in between. So it's a different approach, and I think we need that because that's a typology. You can't just talk about the cost of a DER. That one's more expensive per square foot. It just is, just given the nature of the project and the scale of it. And then there's another one right around the corner from that, which is very similar. 
It's got this kind of like, I don't know, this like all, all this frilly detailing on the outside of nine buildings, 50 unit project, nine buildings, and it, the buildings are just falling apart. And so we're taking a very similar approach as, as that kind of site built buck window wood fiber. And we're using, we're going to be one of the first users of, of Timber H uh, wood fiber board on both of these projects. They've guaranteed us the material. So yeah, that's, that's exciting because, because we get to, I, I, I'm just imagining like presenting these projects and instead of presenting a, one solution that fits all, we'll be presenting a couple of solutions that anybody can imagine their typology of building working within the system. So that's fun too. And then just very briefly, yeah. cost. Because yeah. how do you, where are your funding sources coming to do these retrofits? How are you making it work for the owners? So first of all, I'm not making it work. The mm-hmm. owners are making it work. Right. But I got to say, we are in a very unique time in this country. And the fact that the Inflation Reduction Act money is finally finding its way to municipalities and projects, as well as ARPA funding, as well as Massachusetts alone has multiple incentives to build to that to the Passive standard. So I would say that these projects are untenable without those incentives. And the idea is, like anything else, you subsidize this work to the point where there is a there is mo- enough momentum and there are enough partners in the space, the panelizers and so forth, that the cost, cost compression begins to happen and then the subsidy, subsidy slowly slips away. That's the idea. But I don't, we, don't have a, we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know how these projects are going to make sense when we have a different administration, for instance, and those priorities go away. But... You got to build this stuff. Right. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to test it. You got to you got to put it on the ground, and you got to get people inspired because otherwise it's theory, and not practice. Oh, amazing, Tim! Thank you for your time. You got it, Mary, and myself and the Passive Accelerator. Appreciate your time, and uh, we thank Zola for helping us out with these bonus episodes. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.